Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and they named him Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this word. We thank you, O Lord, for this wonderful season of Christmas, of being able to remember the stories of your birth. We ask, O Lord, that you will speak to us through this story as we proclaim it and we share it in this morning. We ask that it will be your words and your thoughts and not mine. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, when we think of the birth of Jesus, we always think about the Christmas story as we're used to it, right? Which is what? The manger, the shepherds, the angels, the whole journey uh, over to Bethlehem and not finding an inn to stay in. When we think of the story of Christmas and of Jesus' birth, that is what we think about. And that would be correct if you were reading the Gospel of Luke. But when you go to the Gospel of Matthew, and Matthew wants to tell you about the birth of the Messiah, he doesn't get into all that. In fact, if you are having trouble sleeping, you can read the first chapter of Matthew and read the genealogy of all of the people that begot the other people that ended up leading you to Jesus, all the way from David, right? Because for Matthew... What's important is who Jesus is and how he is the fulfillment of the promise of God that a Messiah would come to save the people from their sins. And so when he tells the story, he wants to tell you how we got to the manger. He wants to tell you how we got to the point where Mary and Joseph had Jesus. He wants to tell you the story before that story because he wants you to understand that Jesus truly was the Messiah that was promised to come. Now, if you've ever had a child, you know that there is a period of preparation before the birth of a child. If you're lucky, it's about nine months, right? That you get to prepare and, you know, baby-proof the house, prepare the nursery, have all the baby showers that you're going to have and Go through the many books of names to pick the name. And once you find out the gender, pick a name 
which will be highly debated no matter who you talk to, right? And you have all this time to prepare for it. And normally people, you know, get ready for that baby. And nowadays there's doctor's visits every so often. And it just, it's a busy time of preparation. And a lot of times people don't have children until they've been married at least a year or two so they can get used to living together and being a family. And then they start having a family. So imagine what we hear about in the story today where Joseph is bethroned to Mary. In other words, he has been engaged and now he's entered this period of about a year before they're married. And in this period of time, they lived in their parents' homes. They didn't live together, but they were pretty much promised to each other. It was almost a done deal. All we were waiting for was for the wedding day. And then it would be completely final. But these two were promised to each other And in the middle of that betrothal, in that time of waiting for the day of the wedding, Mary is found to be with with child. And Joseph hears the news. And here's the thing. He knows it's not his. He's like, I haven't been with Mary. I know it's not mine. And he hears this news, and you can only imagine what what must have been going through his mind and his heart. You know, here he had an expectation of a life with Mary that they were going to make together, that they were going to eventually have family, that they were going to have this and that. And all of a sudden, all this comes crashing down as he hears that she's pregnant, and he knows he's not the father. And in his mind... He must have gone down 80,000 rabbit holes trying to figure out what, what do I do with this situation? How do I deal with this? Can you imagine how hurt his feelings must have been when the first reaction would have been, has Mary been unfaithful to me? Has she been, you know, with somebody else? When he began to wonder where he missed the clues that this wasn't going to work out, What went wrong that Mary was already with child? And you know, this is the kind of thing that I'm sure that even if Mary came to Joseph and tried to explain, he wouldn't have been able to wrap his head around it. If Mary had come to Joseph and said, you know, I am with child, but it's God's baby. He would have been like, okay, Mary, you're just trying to let me down easy. I understand. He wouldn't have been able to wrap his head around that if she had come to him and told him everything that she had experienced with the angel announcing to her that she was going to carry God's son. He wouldn't have been able to even understand what all of this meant. And so being the righteous man that he was and not wanting to embarrass Mary in public by making a spectacle of the divorce, by putting her off in front of the community, by maybe even having her stoned for infidelity. Instead of doing all of those things, the scripture tells us that he finally resolves to dismiss her quietly. In other words, everything that he had planned for his life with Mary was about to go down the drain. He was about to just let it all go. That is how hurt he must have been in his heart over this whole matter. Not knowing, 
not understanding, wondering what is going on. You know, people can be very judgy. When you go to get married, people always wonder if you're already pregnant. When Alanette and I got married, we had been engaged for six months. And word was that she was pregnant because nobody gets married in six months. Four years later, Miguel was born. It was the longest pregnancy we've ever had. But anyway, <laughs> you, you get the idea. The assumption is what? If you're getting a rush, rush wedding, the assumption is what? You're pregnant. And so Joseph must have wondered, you know, what, what, I can't do anything with this. People know we're not married. People know how to do the math. They're going to figure out this baby happened before we, we got married officially. They're going to know there's no way to hide this. This is one of those things that, that you cannot avoid. And the thought, the thought of what they would go through with the community and with their own families must have been overbearing. Can you imagine the, the shame, the stigma, the feelings of hopelessness in this situation? He really had a hard time making the decision to dismiss her. But the scripture says he finally came to that decision. That's what I'll do. I will dismiss her quietly. We will go our separate ways. And, and I, he probably thought, I'll get out of town. I'm just leaving. He probably didn't even want to be anywhere near town where people knew his story. And it is in that situation, it is in that moment when he has already made up his mind to tell her that he's leaving her, that he's going to dismiss her, that their engagement is over, that they're no longer going to get married. In that precise moment... Joseph has a dream, and an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Oh, that, that, that phrase right there, is from the Holy Spirit, must have been such a relief for him to hear, because he didn't need a paternity test anymore. He was being told directly there that it was God's child. He was being told right there, this is truly from God and not from some infidelity. This is truly God's doing. And even though he might have not understood it intellectually, by seeing that angel in that dream, it must have been confirmation to him that this truly was of God. And I was talking to my daughter about this scripture this weekend, and I said, well, why, why do you think she believed the angel? And she goes, because he was an angel. I mean, you, you know, an angel tells you, duh, it's from God, you know? It's like you don't need more than that. It's an angel, dad, angel from God, you know, kind of make the connection there. Joseph believed it because it was an angel. And, but he didn't stop there. She will bear you a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And, and the angel was so kind, 
He saved them from having to do a gender reveal party, whether it was a boy or a girl. And he saved them countless hours with Mary sitting down trying to pick a name. Because that just takes forever when you're naming your children sometimes, right? Because you start looking for a name that is going to mean something. So you look at the definition of the name. He didn't even have to do that. The, the angel told them, because he will save his people from their sins. That's why you will call him Jesus. He is coming and you are going to be his earthly father. And then the angel explained, this has all happened so that what was said by the prophet could be fulfilled. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. See, the angel was trying to tell him it has to happen this way. But it's so hard for us sometimes to accept when God wants to do things differently than we want to do them. Because we like to do them our way. Have you ever felt like Joseph, like you, you got more than you signed up for? Like you feel like maybe this is more than you can bear, maybe more than you are fit to do. That maybe this task or this role is just seems a little bit much for you. And you go to God and you go, really? I mean, I'm sure that in this moment, Joseph was going, really? You want me to marry her? You want me to continue my life with her? You want me to be the, the father of your son? I mean, this is a lot to bear. I'm sure that when Joseph got engaged to Mary, he didn't expect things to turn out this way. Do you remember if you've been married when you first got married or when you've known people getting married, how they ha had their whole lives planned out? They were like already figuring out what they were going to do, where, where they were going to live, how many kids, you know. I like to do this in marriage counseling. I ask them, how many kids are you going to have? And I have them put fingers up with their backs turned to each other. It's amazing how many times they have different numbers. I'm like, this is important stuff. You, you have expectations. And I'm sure that Joseph had some expectations when he got engaged with Mary of what their life would be like. And I am sure that having to take the role of the earthly father or the son of God was not in that list. Pretty sure that didn't make the top 10 or 25 or 100. And I can only imagine that Joseph must have felt so inadequate for this. Have you ever felt like that yourself? Like you got more than you signed up for? and you didn't think that you could do it. Well, you know, Joseph could have woken up from his dream and said, you know, I had a little bit too much to eat yesterday and I had this weird dream, but I'm still divorcing her. I'm still leaving town. I'm not doing this. But the scripture says that when he awoke from his sleep, he made his choice. He took Mary as his wife. In obedience to the word of the angel, he became the father of Jesus. And he took on the responsibility of being the husband to Mary. I'm sure that there must have been some bumps along the road in that relationship, don't you? 
I mean, when you lose your son and he happens to be the son of God and you leave him behind in the temple, that's got to cause a little bit of rift between you and your spouse. You had him. No, you had him. There's got to have been some tense moments when Mary decided, Joseph, I've got to run out because I've got to check on Jesus. They say he's over there healing people, and I'm worried about him. And Joseph said, look, I've got to stay home and make some furniture so we can continue to feed the other kids that we got home. There has to have been some tense moments in that marriage. But Joseph answered the call. He said yes to the challenge of becoming the father of Jesus. I mean, it must have been daunting to try to teach carpentry to the one who created the trees in the first place. To try to teach this boy about life when he was life for all of us. I mean, we don't have records, but I am sure there was moments when Jesus did miracles that we will never know about growing up. And in those miracles, Joseph knew he had made the right choice when he took on the task to become the father of Jesus. Mary also must have given up a lot of expectations in accepting her role. But I think one of the reasons that Matthew gives us the story of Joseph is because he knows that there are many times when God challenges our expectations of what is to come. He challenges us with new things that sometimes are greater or exceed our expectations, that challenge our comfort level that invite us to do things that are impossible in our mind, but are possible with God. Every time I think about being the father of a special needs child, I have moments in which I go, God, are you sure I was the right person for this? And I'm sure that there are moments in your life when there are things that make you doubt and make you say, Lord, are you sure I can handle this? It's a lot. But it's in those moments that we are called to obediently say, yes, Lord, whatever you call me to, whatever you ask of me, I'll do it. I'm sure that Joseph didn't know what he would do next. He knew that he had to marry Mary and go and be the father of Jesus. But beyond that, I think he had no clue what was to come. His life would be one full of adventures and twists and turns. And even though we never hear the response of Joseph or whether he was still alive at the moment of Jesus' crucifixion, I can only imagine that it was hard for him to see people reject his son when he went out to do this ministry. What is God challenging you with today? How is he calling you to break your expectations and to take on his will instead? And what is his will for this moment in your life? 
I can guarantee you that it probably isn't as difficult as Joseph and Mary's call. At least you don't have the Son of God to look after. But whatever it is, just know God has a plan and He will fulfill it in your life if you let Him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for Joseph. I thank you for his willingness to say yes to the call that you placed in his life. Lord, we pray all the time, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I ask, O oh Lord, that when we pray that, we will mean it, that we will truly surrender our dreams and our hopes to take on your dreams and your hopes for our lives, and that we will know that wherever you lead us, whatever challenge you lead us to, you will help us to overcome it and to be victorious. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is always open for prayer as we continue worship this morning.